Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on WDVE Pittsburgh. Here are your hosts, Mike Brzezuda and Matt Williamson. Good evening and welcome to a special Wednesday edition of Steelers Preview. Right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and... SNR and uh, Mike Pursuto and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight. Normally we do this on Thursdays, but there's a conflict tomorrow. A little bit. Ball game up in Minnesota, and it's a big one, Matt. Uh, the Steelers are staying alive. They are. They big win. Found a way past the Ravens, and it's 6 5 and 1. They are a half game behind the seventh seed Buffalo Bills in the chase for the AFC playoffs. The Ravens. Fall to eight and four with that twenty to nineteen loss to the Steelers on Sunday at Heinz Field. So the division is still in play. And uh, Matt, I wanted to get right to the heart of it tonight. I know we normally go over the practice reports and things like that, but short week. Right, right. We that's cram that, a lot into a little bit of a time this week. Yeah, and and that stuff is uh, pretty non-revealing at this point. Uh, I wanted to get your impression of what happened Sunday specifically. Were you? More impressed by the Steelers or unimpressed with the Ravens? Mm, that's a very good question because Steelers pass rush, super impressive. That Watt fella is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers O-line, impressive for where it's been. I thought Ben was impressive for where he's been. Uh, Johnson and, you know, in, in general, there were some good performances. Um, but, boy, the Ravens are flawed, and I thought that showed up in a big way. I'd be very concerned if I was a Ravens fan right now. I mean, especially with this Humphrey injury as well. So, I mean, the hits just keep coming for them. They've got some real issues, starting with their O-line and blitz pickup. And they do – an odd thing I really noticed in this game, too, is they never give Lamar outlet receivers. All the routes are deep. They're all intermediate deep. And if those don't work out, they just basically say, make a play. Yeah, you know, he's you know, his just, own best just outlet. Wing it. Yeah. Just run. You yeah. know, but that's if, if you if you hem them in the pocket like the Steelers did so well, 
that's difficult. They asked too much of Lamar, and I'm not excusing him. He didn't. He hasn't played great lately, but man, they do some schematic things that don't help things either. And all these cornerback injuries are really hurting the Ravens too. You know, it's it's remarkable if Jackson makes that pass to Mark Andrews on the two point conversion, <laughs> yeah. and I know T.J. Watts getting a lot of credit for disrupting that. I think Jackson just blew it. He stepped up. Yeah, what, what wasn't a factor, although it was interesting in the postgame, he talked about Watt's length and knowing he was there. It was kind of in his head. Mm. Uh, you know, based on what had played out before that, I get sure, why sure. that was the case. Disruptive, and I can see why Watt would be in your head. But that was a typical Ravens game right up until the time they didn't make that play. If yeah, they, it really was. If they win that on the last play with a two-point conversion or, you know, 12 seconds left, that's another one Baltimore stole. They know how to win. Yeah. The Ravens are good at this. They 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 can figure it out eventually. And the Steelers are cooked if they don't win that game. I think they would be cooked without that game. Not I mean, mathematically, we'd a, but we'd have a much different tone tonight, yeah. without question. You know, without question, especially since it was a division game. Um, you know, there was two of those plays in a way. The, the Minka pick. You know, you can give Watt some credit. Yeah, he's disruptive, but Lamar still shouldn't make those plays. You know, I mean, they, they yeah. should still go in a more positive manner for Baltimore. But you're right. And yet I mean, that was right in their MO. It was very yeah. it was very similar to the touchdown he threw to Andrews in, against Cleveland. Yeah. And same thing, retreat, back foot, heave it up there. He just said he underthrew it. Yeah, just didn't get enough on it. And you know, Watt was wanted to get it over Fitzpatrick sure, and two sure. Andrews. Didn't and just didn't get it done. But you're right. I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a remarkable percentage of Tomlin versus Harbaugh Ends in a three-point game. I mean, yeah. a remarkable percentage. And it's – it's. I really thought the Steelers were in big trouble in that game. I picked them to lose by two touchdowns or ten points. I forget what it was. Double digits. And kicked myself. Like, that's what these two teams do. I mean, it's just – they prove it year, you know, year after year, twice a year. Yeah, I thought the Ravens would win comfortably as well. I thought Jackson would be able to, to escape the pocket and run. More and, so than he did. And yeah. he did not. Um, and uh, the Steelers able to cobble together just enough offense uh, – just enough defense, too. I mean, they were on the field so much early in that game. I'm like, man, the dam's going to break. You know, I mean, they, they can't just keep going out there for, what, 24 minutes or whatever it was in the first half. You know, I mean, in six plays in the first quarter. <laughs> right. Steelers, I mean, right. It's bonkers. And we know the Ravens are clock eating machines, and that's how they play. And you played right in their hands by not being able to get off the field. And they got away with it. I mean, what was it, 7 3 at the half? Yeah. I mean, they were and it pretty fortunate it to be 7-3 at the half. Right? And it could have been 7-7 seven, seven if Deontay right. Johnson doesn't drop that touchdown pass. Right, right. I mean, it's just the way it went. And um, I, I don't want to say they're lucky, but I was asked on Monday, so is this a good defensive performance or a bad defensive performance by the Steelers? And I said, good. I mean, they didn't allow many points, and they brushed the passer like crazy. I mean, and they contained everything that, was good. And they but, contained Jackson. And they contained Jackson, yeah. right. I, I, thought mean, it was, I thought yeah. it was good. Now, it was one play away from being bad. <laughs> right, right, right. But it, it wasn't. Right, so it, it wasn't. It, I mean, if you, you look were looking at the final results here. You look at that scoreboard good. in this league, and that's how you decide who had a good game mm-hmm. and who did not. Now, whether you project whether that means anything or not moving forward, that's, that's another discussion entirely. But uh, we had talked uh, – on this show last week, and I know I had mentioned it a couple of times uh, on a couple of different outlets, that for the last month or so, the Ravens had really started to remind me of last year's Steelers yeah, while they, comparison last while they were yeah. going 7, 8, 9, 10, and 0, yeah. and then it, it just kind Lady of fell, off, was on their side fell and, off the cliff. Yeah. It was not sustainable. I don't think what the Ravens are doing is sustainable. So I think the division is still wide open. I do too. And the wild card thing, uh, you know, one week – 
you lose, everybody else wins. And next week you win, everybody else loses. And uh, here we are, sprint to the finish. The Vikings are kind of – I'm not sure the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. I I can't say that's a certainty right now. Yeah, right, right. They've got three division games left and the Packers and the Rams. Right. They're all difficult ones and they have problems that aren't getting fixed overnight. And Pittsburgh, conversely, uh, two division games left. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tennessee doesn't look scary next week. Tennessee at all, uh, 10 and, day rest. and tomorrow night in Minnesota, I think not layups, not any. Of course not. Right. Not and even remotely close to that, right. but winnable. Very winnable. I and mean, the Chiefs, I think, are going to be a problem. Uh, I do, too. But they they have their issues as well. But there's a four and one uh, finish get you in. It's got to it's some. Oh, I think some so. degree, Right. I think nine and a half wins gets you in. Yeah, let alone and, ten and a half, and they're sitting six, five, and one right now. It's uh, it's yeah. getting fun and it's getting interesting. Uh, I wanted to stay on the contain Lamar Jackson thing for a second because you might remember how nuts I went when they let Justin Herbert run wild of right. the Chargers. Those are and some gaping lanes. You had to yeah. know that guy was going to do that, and mm-hmm. you let him do it. And I know they were depleted lineup wise, but you don't have to be T.J. Watt to rush in the right lane. You don't, right. You know, there's you still could, some discipline here. You and could you're try to play the right job, way yeah. and limit the damage, and they didn't do it. I mean, especially after he did it once or twice. Yeah. You know, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. see he's going he's gonna to take advantage of this. Burrow exploited them the next week for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, they really cleaned that up, and one of the factors was uh, revealed by Minka Fitzpatrick on uh, Monday when he did a Zoom with the media, and he said he told T.J. Watt – you guys just keep him in the pocket. We got the back end. Okay. Don't worry about sack, sack, sack. Keep him just in keep the him pocket. In the yeah. We got the rest. And you could tell. I mean, even on that last drive, there were some very tentative pass rushes going on. Oh, because slow playing it. Yeah. They were playing man, and they didn't mm-hmm. want Jackson to beat him with his legs. Right, right. And, again, they didn't have the dump-off receiver. I keep coming back to that. Like, can't you just leak Devontae Freeman three yards downfield and give the quarterback something else? You know, like it's it seems like a flawed approach by Baltimore. And you're right, the Steelers exploited it really well. Their coverage people probably don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, some of those sacks were coverage sacks, and and you're right. I mean, the the Steelers pass rush even warmly and Hayward were very content just yeah. to kind of two gap it a little bit, you know. And they got him on the ground seven times. Yeah, right, right, right. I, they really worked well. Why weren't you doing this all year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this has been a problem. It has been a problem. I mean, they they lead the league in sacks, so it's hard to really you know, criticize their pass rush as a yeah. whole, you know, and that's without, you know, some key guys. The Chargers game was just – But the Chargers you game was maddening. Let, you yeah. can't let that happen. Yeah, right. Again, that's, it happens twice. You beat yourself but, when you do that. And exactly. They, they did it all night, but they, yeah. they won the game uh, against the Ravens. They've got to play them again down there, but, hey, it's – it's not like Lamar Jackson, for whatever reason, has uh, destroyed them. Uh, no, they've done a remarkable job against Jackson. They've done better against him than most of the rest of the league. Oh, I think so. And uh, I think some of it's familiarity, too. You know, you see him. I think if you see him the first time. I think a lot of it's it scares you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, whoa, he's faster than I thought. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that they don't have the outlet. Uh, they did have it on one occasion on that last drive. Uh, they had a running back bleeding into the flat. I think it was uh, Freeman. And there was a miscommunication between... Devin Bush and Arthur Mallette. And okay. it, it ended up being, I think, about a 14, 15 yard gain by Duvernay, Devin Duvernay across. Oh, okay, now I know what you're talking about. Right. And Bush went right for the running back. And after, and then Mallette ended up chasing the receiver. And after it was over, Mallette points at Bush <laughs> and then points at Duvernay, like, 
hey, that was your guy. That yeah. was your guy. So, but to your you point, him. Yeah. if you have that guy, that's just another thing the defense can screw up. You're, yeah, I mean, it's one more thing to think about, in, in or one more to take putting, your eyes away from what you should yeah. be looking at, or whatever. Right? Ab- you, absolutely. You put more pressure on your quarterback, and you also don't stress the defense when you don't have that outlet guy. But uh, hey, yeah. that's the way John Harbaugh rolls. That's the way they did, and it. his guys are pretty successful as well. Uh, let's take a look at uh, you know the for what it's worth participation reports. Uh, the Vikings did an estimated practice report today. It was a walkthrough, same as they did on I Monday. I find all that sort of humorous, by the way. But yeah, so silly. Uh, I didn't see anything put out by the Steelers today. Uh, but for Minnesota, Dalvin Cook limited uh, shoulder. I don't know if he's going to play or not. But it would shock uh, me if he plays. That was like ten days ago that he dislocated yeah. his shoulder. I don't think they're. Uh, I mean, they miss him, but it's not a deal breaker in terms of them running the ball. I'm going to ask Merrill about that, but I 100% agree with you. Madison's an excellent player, could probably start for a handful of teams, if not more, as good a backup back as you'll find in this league and fits the system really well. I mean, Cook's a great player, but I am curious to see what Merrill thinks about how that affects the game, if one way or another, which one's in there. Yeah, Alexander Madison, uh, three starts this year, mm-hmm. and he went uh, over 100 yards in two of them. He had 90 yards Sunday against the Lions. And his receiving yards, in addition to the running, 59, 40, and 34 yards. Yeah, so very capable receiver. He goes over 100 from scrimmage yeah. easily. He has five career starts and well over 500 rushing yards in those starts, as well as you know a, a major contributor in the passing game. Big uh, loss at wide receiver in that Lions game. Adam Thielen only played one series. Uh, he has not participated all week, either on the field or he's out. In estimated yeah. fashion, uh, <laughs> right. Make believe, as the yeah. Vikings have done it, so that's an issue. Uh, Christian Darisaw, the rookie first-round left tackle, didn't do anything all week, uh, and they really—that was a problem for them last week. I think they outthought themselves. They they changed three guys to replace one. They ended up playing a guard. They moved the right tackle, guard over right. to left tackle, and then the center over to right guard. And they did get <laughs> right, their starting right. center back, so that was a little bit of a factor there as well. But the big news out of Minnesota to me this week. Uh, linebackers Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks both look to be back. They've been full That's go. That's huge for them. Patrick Peterson, cornerback, is off the COVID list and full go. Uh, they're getting three defensive starters back. Yeah, Peterson's more name than value at this point. I mean, he's, he's in the on the back nine, to he's say the least. He's better than Cameron Dantzler. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, though. They've been playing four different corners, basically searching for answers throughout the years and or throughout the year. And some of it's because of injuries. You know, Peterson is probably still their best guy. But corner's been a problem for them, to say the least. Um, you mentioned Barr and Kendricks. People never talk about Kendricks as one of the best linebackers in the league. They He's should. one of the best linebackers in the league. Yep, yeah, I agree. And both yeah. those guys, this is a Zimmer thing. A lot of those. their guys, they're kind of a non-entity nationally. Harrison Smith and some of those no, guys. I mean, the whole Vikings the franchise. Whole team, yeah, right. I mean, they get the credit they deserve. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I saying there? But – Zimmer really stresses, and they're going to pay him. They're going to pay for them, you know, to every down linebackers that never miss, a, you never miss any time. They're out there all the time. Barr and Kendricks are very different, but they both can do a lot of different things. And if you watch the Lions game that they lost, and by the way, the Lions are playing a little better. Um, they exploited the middle of the field very little, <laughs> very little bit better. One, two, and one over the last four. They're on fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the middle of the field was a real problem. The the backup linebackers were biting on play action left and right, yeah. and yeah, that's a big deal for them. The tight ends were killing them, killing them. Right. And then the last drive, I want to get into this with oh, Merrill because they drive they just kept backing up and they were soft and it didn't conservative. Blitz and... They were afraid to do anything, and they yeah. got they got burned. Uh, for the really st- soft, that was a 
ugly drive. For the Steelers, uh, no Joe Hayden. Uh, Keith Butler said yesterday that Hayden is still gimpy. And he said, I don't know if we're going to have him, which probably means you're not going to have him. I uh, got the impression he'll probably be back next week. Who knows? No uh, no B.J. Finney either, but I guess with the legend of John LeGlue uh, now Plug gaining momentum, who needs B.J. Finney, right? Right. You're on your fifth left guard of the year. You know, I mean, what's what's not to like about that? And LeGlue played really well, I thought. I mean, and have high expectations. He wasn't John Hanna, but, I mean, he did fine. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, general consensus. I wasn't watching him real close, but uh, – I bo- think that says enough, though, if you didn't notice him. Yeah. You know, he didn't show up well, in a and negative they were, manner. They were able to run the ball at the end of the game. And here's another right, thing. Right. You know, my pet peeve about the pass rush lanes thing and containing right, the quarterbacks, right, right. there have been times this year where they have gotten away from the run because it wasn't successful. It wasn't successful against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They stayed with it. Eventually, they got just enough out of it. They bounced it out yeah. a little bit. Now, I know the score is a factor in that. But when you fall behind right. the way you did against the Chargers, you can't really keep running the ball. But but they're not equipped to do that. You know, like, they're they're – their O line can't put up on the scoreboard. We're going to pass time and time again. Yes. you know what I mean. So they got to keep. They got to keep playing the way they played against the Ravens. Exactly in those two areas, I think. And I have mixed feelings. Should you blame the coaching staff if you're down twenty to three at the half that you abandon the run? I get it. You're trying to do anything you can to make a play and get back yeah. in this thing, but this team needs to run the football. I mean, it just flat out is the answer there. Yeah, and Minnesota is very easy to run on. Couple of uh, practice squad additions as well. Uh, punter Drew Chrisman signed, and long snapper Rex Sonahara, and uh, deleted from the practice squad DB Lyndon Stevens and wide receiver Tyler Vaughn's. Chrisman uh, is from Ohio State. Uh, he had spent some time on the Bengals practice squad this year, uh, not drafted, uh, coming out of Columbus. And uh, Sonahara, a little bit more of an interesting story. Um, came out of West Virginia in 2019. He had transferred to West Virginia from Rhode Island, okay. where he was a basketball player. Oh, really? Okay. And he went to WVU to snap. And, snap, okay. Uh, I don't know if these are, hey, better have a couple guys on the practice squad as COVID insurance mm-hmm. or if they're down on Presley Harvin III. I know everything anybody of authority has said about Presley Harvin has been, hey, we're, we're we're behind him. Mm-hmm. We think the ability's there. We got to get him more consistent. We believe in this kid. He flashes. He continues to be inconsistent. Yeah, hundred percent. He's also never kicked in weather in his life. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see. I I didn't look too much into those two practice squad additions, but they're odd positions to pick up this this late in the year. I, I don't. Maybe it is a COVID thing. Yeah, they did not, not have like a snapper that. or a punt or a backup punter on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Whatever that's worth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we come back, we'll be joined by the third member of our crew, Merrill Hodge. Uh, Always look forward to talking to Merrill. We're going to do that, so keep it here. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to a special Wednesday edition of Steelers Preview in advance of Thursday Night Football right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. We're getting you ready for the Steelers and the Vikings tomorrow night in Minnesota. Matt Williamson and Mike Pursuta with you till 8 o'clock tonight, and we are joined now by the third member of our full house backfield, Merrill Hodge. Merrill is with us each and every week, and Merrill, uh, 
I wanted to start out tonight, if you're uh, agreeable, with a comparison of how these two defenses went about trying to preserve a lead uh, in their most recent outings because the Vikings basically told the Lions, just walk down the field. We don't think you'll score anyway. Uh, Gave up a touchdown on the last play and lost the game. The Steelers tried to mix it up. They tried rushing four, five, six, even seven. And that didn't work either. They gave up a touchdown, but uh, they were able to defend a two-point conversion. Do you have uh, a particular style that you like to see applied in these situations, or is it week-to-week, opponent-to-opponent? Well, I guess I always always go by, you know, what do you do well, you know, and what do you trust? You know, are you a good zone team? Are you a good man team? Um, You know, what was interesting, if you're going to play man, you know, like the Steelers, when they played their man, they're, they're so far off that, like, you, you just you give it. You make it easy on the wide receiver. Like, I got to tell you this. I'm playing anybody who plays man. Um, I want somebody to play me like that. I used to like it when linebackers <laughs> played off. They played deeper or safety. It just makes it easier to run around, makes it easier to get open. So, um, you know, and I, I understand both teams knew that the other one needed a touchdown. But if you look at Minnesota, actually, at the end of the game, um, I just know this conceptually how you should be spaced. You shouldn't have nine guys that you're dropping. out. You, you rush three, you drop nine, all in the end zone. You, you're protecting the goal line. <laughs> so I don't know why you'd be on the other side of the goal line. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, odd. You know, you got to have – at least half your defense on the, that other side. If they kill you anywhere, make them make that throw on the back over the top of you that's a most ridiculous throw. Yeah, the guy's got to get his feet down and all that. Yeah. The pitch yeah, and catch so that they gave just, up was absurd. It was absurd. No blitz. I mean, it made no sense. Well, now, then you go back to Mike Zimmer and his history, like, which is kind of interesting about this matchup because I haven't seen it a lot, and I know they've had issues on defense and injuries. But they haven't really been uh, – that hasn't been a staple of what you see week in and week out. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it's this week because it's a short week and this is where you usually see a lot of pressures because the opponent doesn't have a lot of time to prepare. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him in this game. But he's a very good at A-gap pressure. And your, your center is a rookie. Put pressure on him. You know, even though your back has been outstanding, he's a rookie. Put pressure on him. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, yeah, it looks like they're getting their uh, they're getting their good linebackers back. I think Anthony Barr and yeah. Eric Kendricks, and that's going to be a factor, you know. But you go back to you know if we if you just finish up this how they how they draw they finish the drive, you know, I, the Steelers could have massive egg on their face. Really, if I think T.J. Watt doesn't play this perfectly and force Lamar to make a very tough throw. And even though it hits, um, uh, I forget his name, 89. Um, Mark Andrews. Andrews. you know, in the hand, which he comes down with a lot of those, because the Steelers busted that. You know, um, you know, Bush should have had the out flat, and he completely lost it. So uh, they got lucky, you know, that they weren't able to make the throw and catch because they had the guy wide open. They had an excellent call on, um, but T.J. Watt just made it too hard for him.
Meryl, you kind of mentioned the short week. And can you kind of explain to the audience just how little you can add or how little game planning you can do for these Thursday games, especially if you're the road team? Yeah, we, you know, we played on Thanksgiving as Dallas. I remember getting ready for the week, week before. We kind of sprinkled in stuff we were going to do for Dallas. Hmm. We even talked about the Dallas game before. You know, and in, in that we were going to do these same things against Dallas. So there isn't the normal game planning. And now listen, on average, let's say there's 15 or 20% of your offense that's new. You know, you still get, there's 80% of it you're doing no we matter what. Yeah. It's who you are. That's what you expect to do. That's what you're going to do. But it's those little wrinkles that you try to take advantage of what they do um, that you might not have as much intel and detail on as uh, where you have an entire week. That was the, uh, you know, and then when you look at the short week, I think it's usually tougher on the people in the boxes than the people on the perimeter, just because of the turnaround of feeling better and getting ready to roll. You know, the guys on the perimeter have less issues with that than the guys in the boxes. Merrill, I want to go back to that two-point play for the Ravens again. A couple things about it. A, do you, do you like that call there? Now, one of the reasons that John Harbaugh said he did it was uh, Marlon Humphrey was hurt. He was already down a couple other cornerbacks. He said they basically didn't have anybody that could cover. He didn't right. think they could stop the Steelers. But the thing I keep hearing people talk about relative to that play is the Ravens didn't block T.J. Watt. Were, do you suppose they were thinking that he was going to bite on the play fake, or do you think they thought he would charge up the field unopposed and Jackson could step up the way he did and, and make a throw around him? Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. There's a lot of, and there's good, there's good discussion with all of it. Okay. Now, if you thought that TJ was going to, um, cause I'm actually looking at it right now. If you thought that TJ was going to, um, be fooled by the fake. Well, you haven't watched what they've done in these situations. Just keep in mind, it's a read action. Okay. So Lamar goes to fake the handoff. Okay. What have the Steelers done in the past with this? They've targeted the quarterback, the unblocked defender, which is TJ Watt. So, you know, he's going to come after your quarterback because that's what the Steelers have been doing. And I guess what they've got to gamble is that they felt they knew they would know that, but Lamar would be able to make the throw. It's all I can think of is that they were anticipating Lamar will be, still be able to make the throw. And they're going to get the tight end in the free because they know that Bush struggles with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have to pick stuff up and he's going to be open, which he was. He's wide open. I mean, you, 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 couldn't, yeah. have, you couldn't have designed it any better to get a guy open. I just go back to how TJ played it. You know, he made it very hard on Lamar to move his feet. He had to step up and throw to the side. And still, that's a hard throw to make, even though he hit him in the hand. You know, that's all you need is to be off just that that much. And and TJ was able to do that. But I kind of, I mean, listen, I understand if you if you if you know if you think that defensively. I, I, that's how you go about doing it. You know, either way, this game's over right now. And if you had the right play and something you felt good about, which they did, they just didn't execute it right. Merrill, we were talking about Alexander Madison in the last segment. He's been really productive when he fills in for Dalvin Cook. I mean, what difference do you see in that offense if Cook can't go? 
the only thing. Listen, Dalvin is electrifying. Yeah. He is explosive, and he can hit his head on the goalpost quicker than any or most backs in, you know, at this level. But I'm going to tell you this. They don't deviate from their running attack. Um, that guy is still a massive threat, and uh, you better not sleep on him because you got your hands full all day long when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, so from a overall commitment to it, can he damage you? Can you win games with him? 100%. He probably just doesn't have that overall explosive and dynamic element to here where he can hit you with 80 immediately. You know, that's the only difference, but it, 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 that's like splitting hairs. To be honest with you, this, this kid, you better not sleep on. He's a heck of a runner. And they're going to, of course, try to establish that because Cousins is such a big play-action guy, right? Well, they've got that. You know what they did? They've got some problems with our offensive line, and they moved Cousins a lot last week. You know, they booted him a lot. They are constantly – and I can't believe that's because they are worried about Detroit's front seven. I'll be honest with you. I just don't think that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they try to do a lot of that against the Steelers, which – you know, um, they weren't really all that successful with it either, too, by the way. But um, it'll be interesting to see if they move him, just the kind of problems that they have. Because, see, the Steelers could do the same thing that Minnesota could do. They can bring a lot of pressures. They can challenge their offensive line. They did a good job with their pressures. So they could create a lot of problems with Cousins in the passing game and the problems that they've got with their injuries on the perimeter. What's your take on Cousins overall? I mean, he's only throwing three interceptions, but I don't look at him as a great protector of the football. I mean, I think he's hasn't been up till this year. Right, right. I mean, yeah. especially early in his career, this, this it's is kind of fluky. That yeah. stat is really an outlier for yeah, him, without question. Yeah. Now I, I'm going to tell you this. Okay, say I've been studying Kurt Cousins since he came to the league with RJ3. Um, I remember when you know RJ3 got hurt. Kirk Cousins started to play, and he was so up and down. I mean, the last time I watched him play when he was in a Washington's uniform was against the Atlanta Falcons, and he was so bad. I was like, okay, this cat is done. I mean, this is the last, this last I need to see of him. He was so bad with the ball. He was so bad there. And then I think RG3 comes back, and then – gets hurt, Cousins comes up and tears it up. You know, uh, which goes to show, like, you can surely learn from, which I do know that about him. He's a student of the game. And, um, but if, to answer your question of where he is now, um, he's going to do that one or two. I watched the San Francisco game. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, there was, he, he makes a throw in that game down a scoring territory. might have been two if I remember right where they they win that game if they don't make he doesn't make those a poor decision down there they don't then they fumbled it too i think um yeah, I think that's three turnovers. when he got hurt yeah yeah but um he just seems to do one thing a game that just like hurts you you know but he's not terrible you know he's not like you're gonna let me tell you this i wouldn't pressure him as much as i did lamar because he'll sting you with the way they, they pressure Lamar. You do that and leave guys open like they did against Lamar, he'll find them. 
Merrill, you mentioned that San Francisco-Minnesota game. I saw that one as well, and the Niners were up eight, and they basically got the ball back with about eight, nine minutes left and bled it almost all the way down. They ended up, they ended up missing the field goal that would have put it away. Uh, they won yeah. it anyway, but they had just a clock-destroying drive on the ground. Um, can the Steelers do anything approaching that if they want to come out and just try to run this thing and, and maybe shorten the game? And yeah. uh, maybe attack that way because they they kind of got better against Baltimore, and in that in that drive they needed at the end, they were effective. Yeah, Mike. I, I think in the second half, I, listen, I'm hoping that switch stays on for them the rest of the season because they really became maulers. They were just mauling people up front. You know, Minnesota's not what they were. You know, a couple of years ago defensively on a Thursday in a short game. That's clearly what I would try to do. Because not only can you shorten the game, you control the game, and that always gives you a better chance to win. And you're on the road, um, so I would clearly try to do that. They have struggled with that too. Um, it wasn't just the 49er game; they struggled it. Um, they struggled with Detroit, and but you know, Detroit runs the ball really well. But they have struggled with that. They haven't been consistent all year, and I would definitely challenge it. Uh, you don't get back on the bus to fly back to Pittsburgh without saying, we didn't attack them 25, 30 times on the ground. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, Merrill, the Steelers have had an amazing list of edge pass rushers, you know, three, four outside linebacker types. Is TJ the best of them all? Well, let me just tell you this. I practiced against two of the greats in football history, Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd, almost every day of my career, especially Greg. I played against Lawrence Taylor. I played against Reggie White. played against Derek Thomas. Um, and we're – I mean, there's – listen, that, that's the majority of the great pass rushers. I know there's others. You know, I played against Bruce Smith, although he's a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand Reggie is too. But – Here's where I think TJ is quite unique. And all of them have this element to them. There's not just one thing they're good at. To be a really good pass rusher, you have to be good at a lot of things. You know, as I've studied TJ, TJ makes sacks as a bull rusher, spin move, rip move. Um, He has about every every way you can rush a passer in the book. There's not one way that he gets to the quarterback because a lot of times that can be neutralized more than a guy who has a full body of weapon or of tools to attack you with. And I, I mean, I remember the Buffalo, I, I can go through the Buffalo game, the Denver game. I'm just thinking things in my head. I've been seen all are different ways. He sacked quarterbacks. You know, the Seattle game where it was just a relentless pursuit, you know, and then strip sack. Um, but and how he does it, you know, and, and, and he is um, he's a little different. He's completely different than all of those build wise and how he comes after. But the one thing they all have that are that you have to have, he has got fabulous hands. He is terrific with these hands. And really, his feet, hips, and hands work well together. That's ultimately what makes a great pass rusher and defender, and he has that. And he has all those different ways to attack a a blocker. And I just I, – I would – I would I'd hate to be the guy blocking him because you just don't know what's coming. And that 
he eventually gets you on something. Merrill, his next sack is going to break Harrison's team record. Uh, he's, wow. He's getting a lot of talk about player of the year, which Harrison has won defensive player of the year. Can you kind of compare and contrast those two a little bit? TJ, totally different. Well, were, TJ and James yeah. Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, their impact. So I, I go by their impact. Are they a little different? Yes. Um, is their style different? Yes. But go back to what gets you that. It's impact plays that change games, if not win games for it. Harrison did that that year. I remember it well. Um, and that's what TJ has done this year. You know, when a play has had to have been made. Well, shoot, I'm looking at it. The two-point conversion. Okay, They got the perfect play dialed in. They got they got they got what they need. They got what they want. They got the guy their best wide receiver in the flat. Their biggest cat all alone. And their quarterback technically now just has to make the throw and TJ puts him in a bad spot and he can't make it. That's what you need, you know. And he's done that time and time again throughout the season and you know, and I've always thought, you know, defensive guys that do these type of things and play like that should even consider for the the Annabelle MVP. I don't know how that became an offensive quarterback thing, but that um, that's always been my – that's my curse with everything. I've 20-some years of ESPN dealing with quarterbacks there. I just like, oh, I want to shoot myself. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I just can't win with this. <laughs> <laughs> Merrill, Cam Hayward's a constant. I mean, he's a tremendous football player. Oh, yes. But Adams and Warmly, pretty encouraging this past week. I mean, are things looking up on the D-line a little bit? Listen, if they play like that again, you know, the the problem is they've done that. You know, remember the Cleveland game? Shoot, when you saw that, because I remember we were talking about this, I remember specifically saying, okay, here's the danger with doing what they did in Cleveland. We know you can do it. Yeah, you okay. showed it to us, right? That's that, that. Once you've done it, now that's the expectation, and they just completely kind of fell apart for three weeks. Um, this is a you know, this is to be the great the short turnaround. Those guys haven't had a lot of snaps. They have a lot of hopefully energy, and they can they can show that tomorrow night because that's what it takes at the end of the day. You go to the trenches in all of this. I don't care what game it is. I don't care what year it is. I don't care playoff regularly. And you can start there almost every game. And if that area is played well, you got a great chance of winning. So if they can really rally and do back-to-back weeks, that'd be huge for this team and get them right back in the thick of things. You know, getting back to uh, the O-line a little bit, Merrill, uh, I'm kind of fascinated with John LeGlue. <laughs> uh, yeah. 6'7", 3'10", and he ends, he's the fifth guy that they've had playing left guard this year. But you mentioned earlier they were mauling in the fourth quarter there when they needed to grind the game out. And uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know what, if I, what, can I, what can I expect from this guy moving well, forward. Was that just, you know, did he just jump in and, and, and let adrenaline carry him? Or is he a guy that uh, – they have stumbled upon as an answer. Well, here's what I usually think in situations like that, because it applies to all positions. When a guy plays like that, usually it's a sign that he belongs. Now, clearly how he plays, you know, tomorrow is going to 
sway you and confirm what we just said and what we saw. Let me just say, I didn't see many mistakes. Um, and that's the thing that it, you just can't swallow that you are getting from that position. And not just the, the, the guards. Everybody was doing it, you know, across the offensive line makers. And that includes tight ends and running backs, too. So it's not just offensive line. But you didn't have that. Um, people were being accounted for and people were being moved. Um, if you follow that up in a Thursday night game, then I think you really have something. But what he showed me and what I saw there is that you, that thing that stood out the most, there was not, he was, he was counting for where he needed to be and he was moving people. And that, that has not been that much consistency in a while. Hopping back to the other side of the ball, Merrill. I mean, nobody runs the football in the manner in which Baltimore does. But these, you know, athletic lines that Minnesota has and stretching the the Steelers laterally have been giving them problems. Do you, do you see that being an issue on tomorrow? Well, it, I mean, it could because they listen. I love their runner. You know, we've already talked about yeah, it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I know he's not going to play. I mean, he is unique, but. The guys that replace him are dangerous. But, you know, they're off the line. They have had some issues where, this, like the Steelers where I were, they're, they, don't, they don't work well together quite yet as well as you'd like, and they miss people. They don't account for people. Um, when you play a defense that does a lot of the outside zone stuff, you know, that requires the box to play so well together. And that means your linebackers have to fit correctly. And I've always said this this year, if, if your inside guys played like your outside guys, as far as linebackers go, you wouldn't have many issues. You know, you just got inside guys that are just not consistent. They continually make mistakes and errors. And then they, they're not very good tacklers. They just, they don't tackle well. You know, they, they just don't. And that means your defensive line has to play that much better. What's a, what's another fix for that, Merrill? Do you get uh, Fitzpatrick down more in the box and kind of take your chances on the back end? That scares well, me. The Jefferson have a, a better chance of that right now, you know, because they don't have the weapons on the outside that they normally would have. But you still got to you, you still love your front seven to do it. You know, you know that's it. Just makes it easier on them to throw the ball. You know, and I, I, I mean, I, I could see why you did against Baltimore. I could see all that, but not in this case. This case, you're, you're that quarterback of sting you. You do it after you do it as much as you did against the Ravens. Merrill, great stuff as always. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night, and uh, we'll do it again. Oh, I'm going to man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Getting ready. Let's for... hope we got a win, baby. <laughs> Merrill Hodge uh, joining us as he always does. You're good guys. Thanks, Merrill. Uh, Matt and I will be back on the other side of the break to wrap things up. Still got a few points to make about the Vikings. And this, boy, this is just a fascinating game because it is. both of these teams are desperate. Both of these teams are flawed, but both of these teams are capable. Yeah, and the short week just throws a wrench into it and a lot of injuries yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. So we'll try to figure it out uh, when we come back. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. This is Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson wrapping things up for you tonight. And, Matt, before we get out of here, I wanted to revisit something that Merrill said at least twice as it relates to Kirk Cousins. He will sting you. 
Yeah. And okay. we talked about 25 touchdowns and just three interceptions. Would you be surprised to know that he has an NFL best five games with at least 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, and no picks? Doesn't blow me away. I mean, he's really having a productive season. And frankly, I know he's your Michigan State buddy and all, but I, I think he his is. numbers are a little better than his tape. Um, but I do think he's playing quite well. And He's a top half of the league type of starter. I do think that if the Steelers leave the amount of open receivers they left against the Ravens, they will give up a lot more yards. I thought Lamar had a bad game, bad yeah, game throwing agreed, it. Agreed. Missed some open Cousins guys. Probably won't. You know. Although I do think the Adam Thielen injury is massive, and we have not brought up Justin Jefferson. He's a remarkable young player. Too. Yeah, well, he's going to get his. You know, he's going to get his, and yeah. then some. Uh, Thielen got hurt on the first series in that Detroit he game. Four snaps. Yeah. You'd think, okay, everybody, as many guys as you need, covered Justin Jefferson after right. that. You would think. Doesn't matter. 11 catches, 182 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. I meant to bring him up with Merrill, too. He is so unique. His body type is very strange. He's a real high high waist. He's He's got all these long limbs and crazy motion, and he's really hard to get a beat on. Big, and fast, fast, strong, aggressive. combat catch, can right. run away from you. All the above. I mean, I've said this like five times this week that if I'm starting a football team and age is a consideration, I get one receiver to build around, I think it's him. I mean, he, he's that good, and he's burst on the scene and is super productive. The one way they might be able to minimize him or at least limit or contain him is with pressure. Yes. Cousins has only been sacked 18 times, but a big factor in that is he will get rid of it. He will. At uh, at the blink of an eye. He will check it yeah. down. He'll throw it sideways. Uh, he's not going to stand back there and take a beating. No, I think that's well said. I mean, he's a professional that way and understands you know, where the pressure's coming from, all those type of things. That being said, I bet they get him at least three times. I mean, I don't like where that line is right now, especially if they keep it the way they did against the, the Lions. Highsmith will have a, a huge advantage against a guard playing left tackle, and then it's harder to double Watt, and you know he's going to eat up on the right tackle. O'Neal, the pit kid, a really good player. But I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, then uh, I think that's where the Steelers have to win this game Yeah, uh, on defense. That they got to – they got to hang in there against the run. Offensively, I think you got to grind yeah. these guys. Uh, Do you kind of feel like I, I understand it, and I'm with you on the pressure that if Madison outrushes Harris, Vikings probably win, and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, I mean it seems like yeah. they're going to be the two touching the ball every time. You know, I mean there's not going to be other backs involved. I, I think if we look at those two stat lines when we're done, we might say, well. Steelers won this one, or they didn't, just because of that fact. I mean, and that's going to be tougher to do, obviously, with Kendricks and Barr sure, in sure. the game. But uh, the Vikings are also a pretty good pass rush team. and They're a really interesting pass rush team because they have, like, 16 guys that have all had a sack. You know, they have a lot of guys with one sack, two sacks, you know, because Hunter and Griffin are out. Their best pass rushers are out for the year. You know, it's the Mike Zimmer approach. Right, right. Unless he's leading Detroit – uh, by less than a touchdown, <laughs> yeah, and then right. he just lets them go right down the field. That's the strategy. Uh, Steelers get themselves in that position. I like their chances. That's going to do it <laughs> for us tonight. We'll be back on our uh, regular Thursday rotation next week, getting ready for the Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. So uh, check us out then. Uh, thanks for finding us tonight, however you found us and wherever you found us. For uh, Jake Behind the Glass, uh, I'm with Matt. I'm Mike Persuda. You've been listening to Steelers Preview. 
right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.